Hey, and welcome to another Responsive Design podcast. This is episode 13. My name is Justin Avery, and I'm your host for this podcast and curator of the RWD Weekly Newsletter. Uh, this week, we've got a very special episode for you, and I've got our second guest podcaster for the show, which is very cool. But before we get into that, I uh, just wanted to send a quick shout out to the guys for Beyond Tellerand, uh, which is a conference coming up in Dusseldorf in Germany. Uh, now, the conference itself has already sold out, but they're trying to free up a couple of tickets. Uh, but there's a few workshops going on, on the Wednesday and Thursday as well. So there's still seats available for that. Uh, I know one of the workshops uh, is with uh, Aaron Gustafsson. Uh, and also there's another one uh, with Ethan Marcotte about responsive design, uh, which would be very cool to go to. Uh, I know I have my ticket already. Um, but they're also doing something which is really cool. On the Sunday before the conference, uh, anyone that's around Dusseldorf or over there for it, they're running a doc sprint day. So the web platform, so webplatform.org is a website where we're, well, not we, it's not me, but there's people that are, are contributing to documenting the web. And it's kind of like the uh, the official version, not the W3 schools version. And they need people to help. So they're running a doc sprint day where you can come along, sign up, um, and help write about what is good about the web and just document what people should be doing. Good for us today, good for people tomorrow. So uh, that looks like it's going to be really cool. It's called a meetup, as in a, uh, a steak meetup. Um, they've got vegetarian options, they've got beers. It should be a really good day. So go check that out um, beyond Tellerand and have a look at the extra stuff, um, which is very cool. Um, but this week, we'll just welcome uh, Matt Marquis. Did I say that right, Matt? Yep, that's right. Excellent. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries at all. Thanks for coming on. How are things? Good, good. Middle of the day here, looking up from from coding for a little while, which is always a refreshing change of pace. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm glad I could give you a break from the computer for a little bit. It's nighttime here. We've got a nice uh, winter summer storm coming through so it's uh, nice and dark in london for you um, but for those of uh, the listeners i can't imagine anyone listening to a responsive design podcast wouldn't have heard of you but for the few people that may oh, that's terrifying. Not have um do you want to introduce yourself uh sure matthew Marquis. i work at filament group downtown boston um chair of the responsive images community group uh I have a misbehaving dog. I'm not sure what my claim to fame is on the internet if we're being Well, actually, being I, I read it. Was, it was, there was a, a specific uh, question that came in as to how you actually finished your claim to fame on the internet. is even in your bio on a list of part as well. About uh, Mega yes, Man. that's right. That, that fateful day <laughs> that I beat Mega Man 2 on difficult, mind, without losing a single life. That was a big day. <laughs> Biggest thing I've ever done. Easy. So how did you, after you finished that and conquered Mega Man, I'm sure there was uh, a lot more time in your life. Um, how did you get into, like, I mean, you're working at Filament Group. They're, they're working on some amazing projects. You're chair of a, a responsive, like the, one of the biggest problems with responsive design. Um, how did you get into it all? Where did you start? How did you sort of fall into the web? I try to keep busy. Um, it was actually... I was uh, in carpentry for a couple of years, and then the bottom kind of dropped out doing carpentry. I didn't have a contractor's license. I couldn't just pick up the business and run with it. Uh, so I ended up in retail for a couple of years after that. You know, no degree, scraping by the illegal apartment, like a two-bedroom with a total of five dudes living in it. Uh, and I got fed up one day, and I quit my job, and I just decided to hitchhike to Florida because that's the, the person I knew that lived the furthest away from me was in Florida. <laughs> so it seemed like as good a plan as any. And it was like, I don't care. I'm done with this. I don't want to be a Walmart greeter when I grow up. Whatever happens, happens. And so I end up down there. And in exchange for effectively my way home, I ended up making someone a website. So then I get back. And it's like, all right, I still, I still got no degree. I still got no plan. I can't go back to carpentry, really, and I'm not going back to retail. But I did make that website one time, so maybe I could do that. So I would pretend to take gigs from Craigslist, 
Like I would look up what they wanted and I'd never actually contact them to like for exposure, good for your portfolio, that stuff. <laughs> and uh, I would just do it and then throw it away and then pick a new one and do that and throw it away while I was kind of scraping by. And then uh, I started taking a few of those for actual pay. And then at the end of one of those gigs, they said, um, hey, are, are you in school? Are you looking for an internship? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely I am. Uh, and I ended up interning there. And then at the end, they were like, don't you have some paperwork or something for us to sign? And I said, about that. <laughs> no, I've, I've lied to you. But do you want to hire me? And then they did. So I did that for a couple of years. Then I freelanced for a year, two years, give or take. And then I ended up at Filament Group. There has been a significant amount of luck involved in the process getting me here. I see. You make your own luck, though. Yeah, well, okay. I think uh, Brad wrote a, a pastry box uh, post, a very short one the other day, which was just uh, like, work hard, be nice, uh, don't be or something like that. But it was just, if you live by those things, I think the, these sort of things come to you. Or, or was there actual luck? Did you just run into, uh, bump in, literally bump into someone in the street? Oh, it was all a lot of stupid luck. I don't know. The way I see it, I like I worked pretty hard and everything. That's that's fair. I'll take credit for that. But that's kind of the entry fee. Yeah. Like if I didn't do that, I that's that's just, you know, what you have to do to even show up to the table. If it weren't for being dumb lucky in a lot of ways, I would not have ended up quite so privileged as I am now, I think. So you you landed your job uh, with Filament Group, but I mean that's that's uh, still not much to do. Well, I suppose they're doing responsive work and stuff. But how? What about the responsive images stuff? Like, did you did you feel just that passionately about it? Were you asked to to contribute? Did you just get fed up and go, "That's it, stamp my feet"? I mean, I, I'm doing something about this. That's that's a little Someone's more accurate. To. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. We originally we came up with like a prototype for the Globe because they have a ton of huge images. Like their magazine section is just a bunch of huge full bleed images. So we came up with a script that would swap them out, um, swap a smaller image for a larger one conditionally, like default to the small image, load in the large one if applicable. Um, and it was, it was really hackish. And it, I mean, I say way, but it was largely Scott Gel. Um, and it was wicked clever. It used, um, like you would set a cookie through JavaScript in the head of the document. And then that cookie would be included with requests further down in the document, even on that same page load. So then we could uh, use JavaScript to send information to the server about images in time to defer those requests. Uh, But that was all kind of built on an assumption. Like, that worked. But as prefetching in browsers got more and more aggressive, it, it kind of fell apart. So we got a bunch of smart people together. And we, you know, I think we started on like an ether pad with a bunch of us just throwing ideas around after none of us really came up with anything great using JavaScript. It was like, well, what would a, what would a standard solution to this look like? Like if we could solve this at the browser level, how would we do that? So we just started throwing some ideas out there. It was Bruce Lawson that proposed something very close to the picture element we're getting now. Like actual picture was the name of it. And how, uh, when was this? God, almost three years ago now. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, all right, cool. So let's do that. Let's, and, you know, it's, it's a bunch of scrub developers. We're not standards folks. So it was like, all right, cool. Let's go to, you know, the what working group. Let's, let's tell them we've got a cool idea for this. And, you know, we'll work together and, and, you know, collaboration, et cetera, synergy, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> So that didn't really happen as we would have liked it to. <laughs> they, they just tell you to go away. Yeah, it was kind of a pat on the head. That's that's very adorable. We'll we'll take this under consideration. And I was like, no, this this is good, you know. And then we butted heads for a long time. And I'm I'm an ass, so I <laughs> I'm not the least stubborn person around. So I picked a couple of fights during that era. And uh, yeah, but uh, it was mostly. Like, this does need to be solved. There's a very clear issue here. So was it at that point that they were coming back with other other suggested solutions? Because it wasn't just picture that was put on the table, right? There were some no. other options? No, it was um, 
in response to us showing the picture element, they proposed the original SRC set. And they was Apple and largely Ian Hickson. Uh, but then that was kind of unilaterally decided on there. It was like, okay, cool. So this is solved now. Let's move on. And we were like, this is, the syntax is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like from a spec standpoint, from an implementation standpoint, sure, it made a ton of sense. Because that's who was doing the talking there. You know what I mean? Now, and there's two two different uh, things because I remember following the the lists um, coming through an email and as a as a kind of a more of a front end person when I see the word implementation I think front end implementation right and they're like oh this is really easy for implementation I'm like no it's no it's not yeah but, but yeah, it's, the- it's the browser implementation right the 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 smart guys that are building right. browsers in in web standards code. Um- Implementers are browser side, authors are web developer side. So we're we're authors, right? See, but but I, yeah, so I, um, I think of authors as like the content editors that we give these sites to. So right, yeah. But yeah, so um, competing proposals. There were some parts of it that actually made a lot of sense. It handled resolution switching in a reasonable way. The like one x two x instead of nine media queries with vendor prefixes and etc cetera, etc cetera. and by introducing a new syntax for resolution switching we could kind of build in a, a kill switch almost we could allow the browser to intervene based on a user setting like a preference or a bandwidth limitation and say you know i don't i don't have enough of a connection to download higher resolution images i'd like to opt into the low resolution images that's something you couldn't really do with media queries yeah. uh, but it is something you can do with this new syntax so i'm very into that. So we did repurpose some parts of that proposal. So then, again, we went back and we were like, we've got this great compromise. And then there was another pat on my head and it was like, all right, it's, it's adorable. But uh, it, it all worked out. So it was at that point that you decided to, to form this uh, responsive images group, community group, to start getting some weight behind a, a better solution that, that solved everyone's problems rather than just the, the browser implementers? Well, I mean, it, it formed around the around the time we presented the original proposal. We we found out about the W3C community group's effort, so we signed up there, and we were like, "All right, we guess this is part of the process." You know, like this this must be how this works. Because again, we're all just winging it, and uh, it turns out it was a brand new thing, but uh, it it worked out pretty okay. And in, in fairness. All parties involved had a pretty good point. From from an implementer standpoint, the original two picture element proposals were kind of a nightmare. Yeah. Because they reproduced everything the image tag did, but then did more stuff, right? So all the tests they have in place, all the APIs, all the everything that has been on the image tag since time immemorial, they would then have to duplicate for picture. So that's that was their reservation, and that's fair. I mean that's a yeah. ton of code, that's a Bunch of room for bugs. The brand new picture element, crazy clever. It's effectively just a smart span that you wrap around a, an existing image. So pictures always had that image as like a fallback. This current proposal acts as like a controller for that image. It doesn't render anything on its own. It's just here's some sources. Apply the most appropriate one to this image. So can we... I- the sake of like the radio, it's a little bit hard. But um, do you want to step through maybe the the new sort of syntax? Because I heard uh, Yoav talk about it uh, at the State of the Browser over the weekend. That was in London. Uh, London Web Standards ran that, um, and it was really cool. And there were some the, some things that I wasn't aware of as he sort of went through and talked about it as well. So it's kind of it's it still uses the image tag. But it's more around it that you you wrap it in a picture, kind of like mm-hmm. the way the video works. Yeah, um, the difference, and it's you know it's strictly an internals of the browser difference, is that video actually renders something on its own. Like video is the element that does what it does, if that makes sense. Um, the picture element that you wrap around an image just controls that inner image. So that inner image does all the rendering. Any, if you want to listen to like an onload event, something along those lines, it's all strictly on that image. Picture just kind of tells it what to load. 
Right, and so then you add in different, uh, is that the different source tags as well within the picture, which then get swapped out into that image element? Is that how yep. it works? Exactly. And there are, there are effectively three syntaxes that you can use to, to kind of make those decisions. Uh, standard media queries to just go in a media attribute. So each source can have a media query attached, and it just says, you know, an X screen size, X window size, load this image. Pretty basic there. You can combine that with the 1X, 2X syntax and say, okay, so you're above 600 CSS pixels, and on a high-resolution display, load this 2X image from this source. And then there's a third syntax that allows you to basically say, here's a list of sources, Here's some of the sizes they're apt to be displayed at in this layout. Make all the decisions for me about which one is most appropriate. So if you just have one image that's always always going to be represented pretty much the same way, but at different sizes, you just throw in all the information about the images and the picture tag sorts out which one's most appropriate for the user. So is this um, is the implementation of this and this new uh, element? Is it? Uh, I thought you have talked about. Um, the, the use cases, right? So you went through a couple of the use cases there and one of the ones that was always a sticking point from from what I understood was the um, the art direction side of things. Yeah, so that's that's more media query territory. So if you have if you have like a landscape with you know, assume you're way zoomed out on what the actual focus of the image is, you know. So you're in a big grassy field, somebody's standing in the middle of it. If you're on a 2,000 pixel wide display, then you can see the whole thing and you get what the focus of the image is. If you scale that same image down to 300 pixels for a mobile screen, you just get a green blob. Like you may lose track of what the actual focus is. So the art direction use case is using media queries to specify layout appropriate versions of an image that may have like an alternate crop or zooming they should all represent the same the same image, if that makes sense. You can just display it in slightly different ways. Yeah. So it's the art direction use case. And then likewise, you can have multiple resolution versions of that same image specified in there. And so were these uh, based on... Uh, so they're based on media queries. So does this also introduce uh, the... the the VW units or the the viewport units as well. Uh, you can use you could use viewport units. Uh, I mean, it, it accepts any form of unit. You know, pixel M's. It's one of the big differences between that original what working group proposal and the picture element. Um, theirs did not use media queries, so you were limited to just saying if X pixels. Right. With actual media queries, you can use whatever you know whatever deciding factor you want, pixels, M's, rims, viewport size, et cetera. And so for, for kind of like specifics around sort of implementation, like if I was going to implement it, like I, we always see, well, I always see people questioning, like how do I use the media queries I have in my style sheets um, in my JavaScripts? I don't want to list them in two separate locations. Um, it doesn't sound like that use case is possible with the the picture element or is that is that something for the future or something to look at yeah something for the future there um i mean as it stands there really is there's nothing as far as i know actively on an implementation track for like media query um variables there's been a lot of talk about it i've seen some stuff written up but i haven't seen anything actually like in progress it's come up a lot with this because, like you said, you might have, I mean, in theory, if you have a bunch of huge images, you could have two or three picture elements on the page. Uh, you want those to line up with your layout media queries. You'd want something along those lines. It's not something we can really factor into the spec because we kind of have to wait for that spec to materialize before we can figure out how it factors in. But what I can say is that this is now... Now that it's officially being implemented, it is now a factor like up for consideration with any media query variable spec. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like you don't want to, you never want to have exceptions in that stuff where it's like, here's media query variables except for the picture element. Yeah. It now kind of has to play well, if that makes sense. So it's, yeah, well, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. And so, so now it's been, now it's been sort of recognized and stuff. What are the, what are the kind of next steps from, uh, from the browser point of views and stuff? Like I saw you were involved in a, uh, an Indiegogo, uh, campaign recently to to try and push some development work. Do you want to yeah. explain what 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 was happening there? Yeah. Um, so Yoav Weiss has been like, I mean, as close as we ever get to official, he's been the RICG's official implementer. So he's he's come up with a couple of prototypes for stuff in Chromium. He's you know he's figured out all the crazy algorithms for the various proposals over the years. Um, but this has been a, this has been a spare time effort. You know, we're all full-time developers. Like we, we work our eight, nine hours, we go home and then we work on responsive images. You know, we just, we didn't, the way I think of it is like Adobe, if Adobe wants to champion adding a new, if they wanted to add a new element to HTML, let's say they could dedicate employees time to specking it to testing it, to implementing it, actively working with the browser implementer's mind. Not like, you know, cowboying off and saying we invented this thing and then coming back and dropping it on them last minute. But they they can kind of commit to it from like a financial standpoint, from an hour standpoint. And we cannot, we could not compete on that. You know, we're, we're doing this part-time. So we kicked off the Indiegogo thing thinking, you know, for a group of independent developers to have made it as far in the standards process as we have just as a bunch of people winging it, you know, that's a pretty big deal. It's that huge. last step, yeah, that last step, unless we all pooled our money, paid out of pocket and didn't work for a while, we could not do that. So given all the community support, which is the only reason we got as far as we did in the first place, we thought, you know, Let's put it out there. Let's see if people kick in a couple of bucks. And no matter what happens, we're still going to try to get this done. It's just if we do this, then you'll have a favor for the developer community. You know, this is his salary. He's going to report his hours. We're going to get this done. And again, it's not that we're going to haul off and do this despite Google. We're still going to have to work with them. And they have, they contributed to the campaign even. And, uh, you know, they gave us developers. They said they're going to be your point people on our side because they're a part. I mean, they obviously know their developers know the rendering engine better than we do. Yeah. But we know all the gotchas in the spec. We've already prototyped this. We've we wrote the algorithms, you know, so part of it, we're better suited toward. So, yeah, we effectively we we all collectively hired Yoav. He's making unbelievable progress. He's, I mean, I can, I don't know if you put up show links or whatever, but I can put up, a, you know, a whole list of commits he's had over the past few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Recently, he posted on the Indiegogo thing. He put in his hours and what, what he spent time on and the bugs that are associated with it. It's progressing really well. I thought it was really, it's super transparent what he's doing. It's, it's yeah. really, really good. It's I like, mean, it has to be. Otherwise, we look a little sketchy. Yeah, too true. Yo, I mean, I bought yo a book. disappears for a year. Comes Just so we're clear, I, I spent the money, ruthless <laughs> dictator that I am, and bought myself a nice boat. <laughs> Let there be no question of that. Uh, I'm not sure how 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 big that that boat was, but is the has the uh, has it finished? The 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 um the fundraising project has it finished now? Yeah, ended up um, mid last night. Ended up at fifteen thousand dollars. Awesome, incredible, yeah. Um, and we'd put down. We started about halfway through the Indiegogo. We started talking to WebKit because the Blink and WebKit code is still pretty close. I mean, it's not identical by any stretch, but it's still shared in a lot of points. Yeah. So the the Indiegogo campaign was about putting it into Blink, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this was just to sponsor his work on the Blink engine and. This isn't like a strictly we're coming up with a feature for Google thing either. Mozilla was the first one to adopt this. They're doing this on their own with um, Marcos, who is RICG as well, kind of taking point on that. But um, yeah, if we the stretch goal, the 15,000 goal was to port this Blink code over to WebKit. 
So midway through the Indiegogo, after this blew up, we started sending emails to WebKit like, hey, listen, we, we would like to do this. And they signed off on it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so as of the 15,000, we have sign-off for all the major rendering engines except for Microsoft, who currently has it under consideration and strictly between the two of us has been asking a couple of implementation questions around the RICG. So that's, that's promising, I think. We can, we can always just beep that sentence out very long. People will just assume I've been swearing for like... <laughs> Matt, Matt went off on one for a sec. One lo- in fact, if you could do that with some sentence in this, just beep out like every second or third word. <laughs> Leave it as an exercise to the listener. <laughs> what did Matt say here? Could have been anything. It's like Mad Libs, except I end up going to HR. <laughs> so, so while um, while Yoav is is implementing this in now, you yes, you guys at Filament Group, like you've done with a ton of other stuff, have oh, yes. have gone ahead and just went. We want this now. Yeah, no rest for the wicked. And, so and we're we're into the end game now. So pretty soon, this is going to be a part of people's actual day-to-day workflow, which is huge, huge deal. So we want to make sure the stage is set well in advance. So we committed the tests to Modernizer last week. We added it to Can I Use. Um, we added it to the HTML5 shim or shiv, depending on how you say it. We, we, we've put out a ton of code, like getting everything ready for this. Um, in particular, Picture Fill, which has been around for years now using you know, spans and data attributes to kind of mimic the picture element pattern. We have officially turned that into a picture element polyfill using the real markup, uh, following the latest spec, like to the letter in a lot of places, which is nice to see. To the extent where we were able to file a couple of bugs against the specification based on the polyfill, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, but yeah, that's officially, we went into alpha beginning of last week, beta started this week, and it's been pretty quiet, not a lot of bugs coming in. So we're thinking official picture fill 2.0 as of today. Oh, what an amazing, that's awesome. Some point today, maybe tomorrow, don't call me. Maybe tomorrow, damn it. Depends on when they're going to listen to this. Depends on, yeah, it was last week. Yes. It's been, it's been out for months, no. It'll be out someday. You never be too careful. Before summer. Before, I want to say, in all seriousness, before the end of this week. Oh, that's great. Uh, and now, it, me, it's probably still a little early to drop the picture markup into your client work, let's say. Um, it is not yet implemented anywhere in a functional manner. Now, uh, now, why, why would that be? So, I mean, you've got JavaScript. I mean, so effectively, the, the picture fill here is a JavaScript polyfiller, yep. want a, a better word, which will go through, uh, look at the, the markup, find where you've got the, the picture element implemented, and it will, it will do what it should do, what the browser will be able to do once, once you have finished and, and these things go through their tests and pass and the right. new, new versions get released. Yeah. Then there's a couple of gotchas for the javascript version and obviously a native one's going to be quicker because it'll take advantage of prefetching but yeah it's, it's effectively the pattern the browser will follow that's no, so, but with that in with that in mind and i know we we like to build things light and not include javascript where we don't need to um but why why wouldn't you include it in a um in a in a client's uh in a project like would you go back and implement this in the Boston Globe? And if not, what, what would the gotchas be? At what point should the people listening sort of go, well, this is probably a little bit too important. Let's not maybe do this just yet. I mean, my go-to rule for like when I'm developing with whatever a standard I'm not involved in in any way, <laughs> uh, my go-to rule is two browsers before I'll start actually using real markup. Picture fill works. Uh, we have tested the hell out of it. On the entire filament group test lab, which is you know a holdover from our days on jQuery Mobile, so it works in a lot of places. Um, I don't know that I'd start dropping in the picture markup wholesale yet, like client work, because who knows if the spec is going to change in some way? 
you know, a bug shows up a week from now that we can't predict already, maybe we have to change the markup a little, which means a change to picture fill, which maybe doesn't get updated on the client side. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, like for if I had a passable personal website, absolutely I'd use the picture element there. So it's not so much that it's it's going to fail on a production site. It's that no, the spec no. may vary to what you implement and you have to re-implement again. Right. And it may not. That may never happen. But you want to make sure it's on something you control just in case. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that said, we want people to use this. Like we want people to try this out. I get nervous when I don't get bugs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like it's too quiet. Like every action movie cliche. <laughs> it's a little too quiet. Well yeah, exactly. I feel I feel better. I did I did try and implement this when the uh the alpha came out and I did ask why there was a uh, a double load of an image and you did point me back to the second point. Yeah. The, uh, the issue. So, do- so it's tricky because we still have that original problem we were looking to solve years ago where the small image gets loaded, then conditionally another image gets loaded because the original one that's in the SRC gets prefetched. Yeah. So if you use an SRC in the fallback image in picture, you're going to get a duplicate download damn near everywhere, you know? Right. So we're working around that by using the SRC set attribute on image, which is totally valid, but only supported right now in Chrome 34 and up. So there's going to be a really small gap between, you know, browsers that can use SRC set just for resolution on image, which is just Chrome right now, and browsers that support picture, which is going to be Chrome very soon. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a duplicate download in a few versions of Chrome rather than everywhere. So that's where, like I said, there's a couple of gotchas with using the polyfill, um, but nothing, nothing terrible. So basically, challenge, challenge that statement. Go out, put it in there, check to see what's wrong, and, and oh find, yeah, find call me out shares. on it. I, I believe the challenge I put up on Twitter was that I would PayPal somebody a dollar for filing a legitimate recreatable bug on okay. Picturefield 2.0. It has, it has to be legitimate? It has, it has to be as legitimate as my dollars are. <laughs> I'll pay you in Bitcoin. That's probably more legitimate than my bank account, <laughs> if we're being real. <laughs> we're telling the truth here. Oh, that's, that's, um, uh, that's, that's actually really cool. Now, with, um, with the, uh, the image stuff, uh, and so with implementing this, um, I remember... Uh, you was saying that if you if you leave the image back, uh, so the the image tag is the fallback, right? It, it has to be in there. Um, yep. Now, it nothing will happen from what he was saying. So the the image just will not load, and nothing will happen if you leave that fallback out. Is that right? So yeah, that's where like picture acts as kind of a kind of a dumb controller for image. If you leave out that image, that acts as the fallback as well. Then picture has nowhere to put the appropriate source. You know what I mean? Like the image handles the rendering. It's a it's a weird element, if we're being honest. The way this worked out is completely unlike anything else in HTML. And granted, when you write it, it feels a lot like anything else in HTML. It feels a lot like using the video tag. Um, but the way the browser handles it is strange. And is that a, a hangover of images coming into HTML at a later date? No, it's it's more that images have been around for so long that it it keeps us from needing to duplicate everything that image can do on a brand new element. I mean, it also works in that that image is the fallback too. So it's very unlikely you'd want to omit that in the first yeah. place. Like, I can't imagine a reason why I'd say, let's not give anyone an image here, yeah. you know, <laughs> when I'm putting an image there sometimes. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, from an from an author with finger quotes standpoint, you're never going to really see any weirdness in how picture works. It's just weird on the spec side, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. We're keeping all the weirdness for ourselves. We never, we never pass it on to you. <laughs> well, like before we like have a look at um, some specific implementation, like perhaps issues and some questions that came in over uh, Twitter. There's oh, <laughs> some, no. some awesome questions that have come in over Twitter. Uh, not many relating to the picture element itself, but uh, they're definitely <laughs> they're definitely relating to you. Um, mm. 
Uh, is this so with the pitcher element coming in? Do you see this as that's it? There's we don't need to worry about responsive images anymore. We let's move on uh, and, and deal well, with something else. Nice. Or is there is there some because some people have sort of mentioned oh, talking to Christopher Schmidt last week, um, talking about the image itself. So not the uh, markup in the HTML, but do we need to look at the image itself, the image file? Do we need a new file type? Do you have you had any discussions around that? Oh yeah. What so are your many. Thoughts? So many. Every once in a while, someone swoops in and they're like, "We just need an image format that does this," and I'm like, "Cool. Let us know how that's going to work. <laughs> how will that image contain several images and only load one of the images in that image?" <laughs> And it tends to fall apart around there. But, I mean, there's been a bunch of, like, people have gotten into that. People have got into crazy compression algorithms that I can never begin to understand. Um, Yoav kind of went off on a a spirit journey for a while, months and months ago, like prior to this third version of picture where he was like, I'm going to try this and I'll be back. And then a couple weeks went by and he was like, no, no, I don't think so. And, uh... But we recognize there are good formats out there. Like, there's a bunch of new formats, and that kind of sucks. Because, like, WebP is ridiculously small by comparison to a JPEG in most cases. But you can't just drop in a WebP unqualified, you know? Yeah. Or even SVG as a content image is still kind of a pain to use. So that actually became a use case on the picture element because it came up so much that we want, since we're delivering alternate sources anyway, since that's what this pattern is for, we should allow you to put an attribute and it ended up being type where you can say load this WebP image if applicable. If you don't know what a WebP is, load this other source instead. So this is really going back to what the video was when we had like you had to make multiple like an OG video format and uh, I can't even remember what they all were. But Oh, yeah. That I mean, on the thing. plus side, here we're starting with a couple of formats that everybody can understand no matter what. It's kind of a conditionally optimizing thing rather than being stuck saving out four different kinds of video. Um, but we actually, we've added that to picture fill too. So that, that type support is on there. Oh, wow. So like WebP, right now the solution for WebP is basically either request it and throw it away if the browser doesn't know what it is, which is wasteful, or set up your server to serve it up conditionally, which is kind of a pain, and you may not always have access to the server. You may not 100% know what to use to do that, because I I honestly would not. Um, If you drop in picture fill or the picture element, once it's fully supported, you can now say serve a WebP or don't serve a WebP, depending on what you understand, and and then make one request. request Yeah. So that was a that was a pretty huge use case. I'm really glad we got in there. And then on top of that, you can still have all of your your matched media and and two by images mm-hmm. as part of that source set request. Yep. Yeah. So if say say you want to load a WebP and it's small enough that you could serve that up to everybody on any screen, make that your first source. You say if you recognize WebP, this is what you get. Else, if you don't support WebP, here are your resolution options. You know. That's awesome. It's pretty good. Um, what, what's the support around uh, WebP? Not from like it's it supported in this is a, a Chrome thing, isn't it? It's a Google thing. Um, yeah, strictly Chrome right now. But creating WebPs, do you know much about that? Mm, I do not actually. No, so I have to. I might, oh, I'll have a look into that yeah. and um, and chuck something into into the show notes. Yeah. One little caveat there is that um, picture fill. Because we kind of have to like hard code what is supported where there. Not like UA sniff style, but like this is what a WebP is. Um, Picture fill supports WebP and SVG. And if new formats come along, you know, we'll update that list. Picture element proper will support whatever. So if they roll out a crazy responsive image format, you know, years from now that solves every problem in browsers that support it, you can add that to the picture element and that covers you. And then you have your fallbacks in picture. Nice. And then you have the ultra fallback in the way of a plain old image tag with a JPEG. Basically covering every base possible. We try. We do. Good plan. Good plan. So I, I, this was actually one of the, the questions I had um, jotted down because I've just recently switched out uh, a logo, uh, which was a, a PNG in 
PNG and a CSS file, uh, and then I put an image tag in, which was uh, pulling in a, uh, an SVG as the source, and then I ended up just dropping the SVG code in there itself. Um, but I was wondering whether or not the picture element, uh, whether or not you could call SVGs and multiple sources of those as well. And it sounds mm-hmm. like absolutely it's supported. Yep, no question. Serve up an SVG that falls back to a WebP that falls back to JPEG 2000, which will then not work anywhere. But, you know, in theory. <laughs> it could work. In theory. You can fall back to a GIF if it's there and a GIF if it's not. You could fall back to, to either one of those, but a GIF if you're, you know, a reasonable person. <laughs> I said it, yeah. Yeah, you did. About um, me, Internet. So, like, in terms of, so if we look at this now, like, um, the implementation side of things, like I'm, I've someone actually asked this um, as well, and I'll, I'll go and grab their question as well. But um, I get to work on uh, CMSs on a daily basis, and for me, uh, including uh, responsive images is great if you can in- include it as part of the template of the page itself. Mm-hmm. So if you've got it set as a thumbnail or the feature image, I think it is in uh, in WordPress because you have control over where that sits and and the markup that goes into that because it's part of the template. Right. Um, but then you've got inline images as well, um, which is within the kind of the WYSIWYG sort of thing. Now, I don't know if this is uh, a similar thing that you might have come across when you were doing the, the Boston Globe stuff, if they have inline images as well. But do you see any issues or have you seen any solutions around trying to get that syntax for authors and content authors, not us as authors? Um, right. Uh, like in a WYSIWYG. Yeah, like this is this is kind of a big problem for regular editors of a CMS, not not us uh, yeah. like developing stuff. Have you seen anything around that or did you have to build anything around that when you've no, been I've, working on client stuff? I've seen it done as like a call-out independent of a WYSIWYG field. Like we've been working with the Drupal team for a really long time. Uh, Drupal 8, I have to double-check, but Drupal 8 is shipping with um, picture fill as part of core last I saw. Um, but the way that works is like, like you said, it's kind of a separate module where it's like upload your image, put in your breakpoints, we'll put it in the page. As far as a WYSIWYG, we're kind of beholden to one of them to add a button for add responsive image. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I don't assume will be too far along for like Macaw or one of those, but in terms of, you know, tiny MCE or whatever the going thing is, I am not sure. I mean, the plus side there is that it follows effectively the same pattern as video, like surface level. Yeah. So any WYSIWYG that allows you to like insert a video that same way, an HTML5 video, kind of has that pattern baked in already, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But not not something I've worked on. I'm horrified of working on a WYSIWYG. Those are <laughs> some scary things. They're intense. Well, I, I've seen um, things like uh, WordPress. You can have these short codes, I think, as buttons that you mm. can include. And I, I'm not sure, uh, not had the same exposure to Drupal, but I assume that there's those sort of things as well where you can sort of add on to uh, like a custom element almost. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, I should look into that. That's that's good thinking. It's something. Yeah, I'll have a look around. I'll see if I can find anything. We'll we'll throw it in show notes. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, uh, what I might do is just go through. So actually, I'll go through two. Have you got a bit, have you still got a bit of time? Yeah, go through go a couple of couple of these questions. So I'll go through the serious ones first. Uh, well, sure. we I'm surprised they got any. If we're being <laughs> honest, yeah. Um, Mario Hernandez asked uh, what your recommendations were for responsive images, uh, which I think you've you've kind of gone through already. I have some opinions there. Sure, covered pretty well. Picture fill is neat. I heard a bunch of handsome people worked on that. Picture fill. We might put a link into that one as well. Um, but what are your thoughts on AIS? Now, I had a look at this, and I assume AIS. he was referring to the adaptive image styles that come as part of Drupal. But this Am is. Am I allowed of... to Google something while I'm on a podcast? Yeah, I think so. I had to Google it before I was on the podcast. So adaptive um, image styles, Drupal. I'm yeah, not sure that this is it. I could, I could probably shoot you. I, uh... Element, Drupal 7.2. I would have to dig into this because it's entirely... Oh, it's adaptive images. This is Matt Wilcox's thing. This is um, pretty similar to the globe approach we took, except it does a lot of resizing on the server side. 
Uh, it does still last I saw. Don't quote me on this, but last I saw, it does still suffer from duplicate downloads. Yeah. Um, in any majorly prefetching browser. Uh, but yeah, I think this is. I'm not sure whether this has been swapped out in favor of PictureFill for Drupal 8 or. Because I know PictureFill was backported to Drupal 7. I'm not an expert on Drupal by any stretch. But. Yeah, I would. Um, Probably go look at the picture fill over this one to avoid that duplicate. Yeah, I mean this is this is handy in that it does the resizing on the server, but I'm positive somebody has written something that extends picture fill to do that. You know? Oh really? So the the picture so it'd be a plugin kind of on the server side of things. Yeah, so you wouldn't if you didn't need to cover the art direction use case, if you knew it was just a matter of serving up larger or smaller images to save on bandwidth. Um, I'm certain someone has written something that would handle generating those images and kind of spitting them out of the page. So you end up uploading the largest one, and then the server generates the smaller versions, and then outputs the picture element pointing to those. Right. I've definitely seen that done a lot of times. That's actually it's a it's quite a cool. I, I really like that kind of approach where uh, I yeah. don't I don't like the well I. I don't mind it so much, but um, there's services out there that will do that for you. Um, but you yeah, do that, have to that gets that's serve. in weird territory for me. Yeah, you got to serve the images from their server. Yeah, and uh, if they disappear one day, it's like whoops. Exactly, or even yeah. like, it just adds to an extra um, domain lookup as well. And mm. like, so, yeah. anyway, um, but I mean they work. Yeah, exactly. And if if that is a key requirement of serving yes. smaller bandwidth images, then perhaps that, that is a good solution for you. Yeah, responsive well. images has been in any port in a storm situation for a very long time. So we're glad to see some standards finally materializing, you know? Um, so there was one also here for uh, Melanie Sumner, which uh, this, is a, this is a tough one, but um, there's tons of pain points for email, she was saying. Is oh, there God. a good way for images in email? She said, despite... The code being exactly the same, the email browsers are rendering differently on a constant basis. Oh, uh, be dragons, right? Yeah. God, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is just the toughest thing, man. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I do not think we're apt to see widespread native picture element support in email. Uh, my grandkids will probably appreciate that a lot. But not not us. Not at the moment. No, uh, God, it, they're so tricky. I got nothing. I would, if it helps any, I'm I'm right there with you, sobbing about HTML emails. Yeah, no, I've have I've had my. I'm getting better at them. 107 this week, so I've I've I'm, oh. I'm taming a beast it's very a, very it's slowly. A, it's a type of insanity, isn't it? It's the better you get at that, the worse you know you're getting about interacting with the world around you. <laughs> That's why I've had to bring guests onto the podcast instead of just, just to keep you sane, yeah. Exactly. Just just to keep in contact with the rational world. Exactly. It's dark stuff. Um, John uh, Bickowicz uh, asked, "What's the foolproof method for widespread browser device support, i.e., eight and up?" Actually, PictureFill works really well, um, with the exception of i.e. nine, which gets really weird about source elements not being in a known context. Um, so we actually have a little hack built into picture fill where if you need picture element support in IE9, not just the fallback image, which is totally a reasonable approach, you have to wrap the inner source elements in a video tag, which we then strip out with picture fill. It's kind of crazy. IE8 works fine because it doesn't know what a source is, so it just leaves them alone. Yeah, IE9 was, does know and is weird about it. I was totally wondering what the uh, the IE uh, conditional yeah. tags were when I was doing the implementation. That's uh, that's yeah, that's weird. It's not, yeah, it's not just IE. Um, uh, Android two point, I know two point three, and I assume two point two have the same issue, um, but not as weird about it. Well, they they don't support. I don't think uh, they didn't have. Um, SVG support back then either, did they? In a sense. In a way. Not in anything usable way. <laughs> Old Android, it was fun. And then those were the days back when we had to test on 2.3 <laughs> earlier earlier this week. 
Well, at least, yeah. Well, they've moved forward now, so that's good. Yes, this is true. But yeah, honestly, I mean, not to be hawking picture, Phil, because it's not like I'm getting paid for it, but it, it works really well. Like old IE8, we tested it on the entire leftover jQuery mobile test lab, and it, it didn't really surprise us much of anywhere. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, do do that. Okay, surprisingly, the the rest that they were the serious questions. Um, at least <laughs> that they came across at the point when we when we kicked this off. Um, and there's some. I'm I'm sure I won't do a, a disservice to the people that ask these other questions, but I'm sure they're just as serious. But I'm just if I if I may, if at some point during this you wish me a happy birthday, <laughs> I'm going to go and get a phone from the test lab just so I can slam it down on the desk as though I'm hanging up on you, <laughs> and then I'm going to quietly shut my laptop so I don't damage it. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to go and get that phone now, or Should would I you get, like to <laughs> get like nine of them? It's maybe, not my birthday. It's never my birthday. Maybe, maybe we should. Um, we'll leave that to the end so we can finish the call on a high. Oh, oh good. Um, so uh, I'll maybe skip the first part of Dave Rupert's question. Is he's talking something about? It's not birthday. It's B day. I'm sure that stands for something else. Something else. Sure. Uh, he wants to know whether or not he can just use JavaScript for responsive images. Uh, should he should he buy a motorcycle or just drop hammers on his feet? And Do a, both. A, S, or L? A, S, or L. I'm going to go with L. L, good, good decision. Yeah, it seems Dave. like um, He should get an old British motorcycle, and that will actually complete the sensation of dropping a hammer on his foot every time he tries to start it, because it will not, <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> so that, that kind of completes both of those. And yeah, definitely L out of A, S, and L. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure he'll be uh, happy with those. Oh yeah. Uh, Tom Lloyd just wants to know: uh, Have you got Have you got it answered yet? Have you got the answer yet? Um, now I did ask him. I, I said you had the answer. The answer was forty-two. He was just asking the wrong question. Uh, well, I mean, said, in terms of his question, uh, have I? Do I have the answer yet? Yes. And then he yes, said, uh, as a follow-up, he said, if you locked them in a room for a month, how many web ninjas would it take to fix responsive images? We tried that. We we got all the all the biggest nerds I know together, and it did not end up. JavaScript just would not do it. Though still, every so often, somebody swoops in and they're like, "Why wouldn't you just use JavaScript?" We talked yeah. about this. We we I I thought Dreamweaver had this sorted with the preloading of images in the head. Oh yeah, that's I, I don't know why. And then you can make them roll overable, yeah. and that. That is cutting edge web, I don't know, 1.6, what was that? It wasn't too <laughs> it was yet. still naught, naught point something. That's yeah, that sounds right. It was beta. Uh, which which order is the best way to beat Mega Man 2? Oh my god, do I have opinions on this? All right, so Metal Man first, without question. Everybody knows that. Everybody listening at home just cheered and clapped. Definitely Metal Man first. Uh, and then I'll usually, t- to get the hard levels out of the way, here I'd either do Woodman or Flashman, because if I beat Flashman, then I can take out Quickman definitely without dying in his level. You want to get that out of the way early. Woodman, you can take out Airman. You want to get him done quick, because that's a lot of like insta-death parts of his level. Um, and then from there, you just kind of wing it. So you're picking up? Are you picking up uh, superior skills as you go through this? Like, why would you go from Flashman to? Oh, dude, you got to play Mega Man too. Yeah, it's like the best game. It's like the, the purest of all jump-and-shoot platformer games. So yeah, every time you beat a boss, you get his weapon. Certain weapons are effective against certain other bosses. So Metal Man, he's, your default weapon is effective against him. Though his own weapon is more effective against him. It's a whole thing. I could do a full hour on Mega Man <laughs> without hesitation. Somebody... somebody Send me an email. Book me on a podcast about Mega Man Two. We'll, we'll do. We'll do another one when uh, when pitcher fill, uh, or when pitcher actually hits oh, all God. the browsers. That, and we'll that just lands be... in two browsers. I am going to get is it done? fully housed. I am going to get proper drunk, and I am going to talk to you about Mega Man for an hour. <laughs> you can record it, and I will never be hired anywhere ever It'll again. It'll be a screencast. Yes. No. No. Just audio. Me falling out of my visual. chair and gesticulating wildly. <laughs> um, let me scroll through the rest of these. Uh, has Facebook bought your picture 
element yet an indigo starter for three billion and can we all be rewarded with hot tub boats if that hot happens? tub boats are the pinnacle of luxury if you go to hottubboats.com please put that in the show notes it's very important I, they are boats that are themselves hot tubs this is uh is this a pre-checked url we're not going to send people to uh not safe for work uh hot tub boats <laughs> let's double check that i have that right yeah, it's the one. They're just Excellent. boats that are hot tubs also. And like I keep saying, if I ever hit the lottery, man, I'm going to buy a hot tub boat. What could be more luxurious? So surely you could just hold the picture fill back from Facebook and then sell that to them. Okay. Nice. All right, I see what you're saying. Actually not a bad. Huh? You're saying trade on, trade on my good name. Uh, all my hard work and dedication – for $3 billion, I'm into it. Let's do that. It's in. You can Facebook, buy, Facebook you, call me. You could either get uh, uh, maybe three. You could probably get three really big hot tub boats for that. That sounds about right. Yeah. And I like to say to myself, like, whenever you hear about Facebook buying out some company, I'm like, I would turn them down. That's a lie. $3 billion? Are you kidding me? Come on. The only time you would uh, you turn them down for that, expecting a higher offer. Ah, there we go. Shrewd. That's, that's the way. If you hear people you turning are it down, negotiator. they are just uh, waiting for more money. That sounds good. That's it, man. You're you're hired. You're on the books. I we're pay in hot tub boats. We're in. There's uh, there's uh, there's just, there's so many happy birthday things in here. It's not funny. <sighs> um, it's ridiculous. Uh, but there is one other game based one. Is uh, what's your favorite Turtles in Time SNES level? <laughs> Ninja Turtles 3 for Super Nintendo. Uh, it's the first one because it has that giant crang head that shoots lasers at you. Is this still the one where if you die, you uh, it's shell-shocked and the guy's just sort of... Or is that the arcade uh, Ninja Turtle game? Oh, they, they said in the arcade one. I can't remember if they do it on the Super Nintendo one. I rented that when I was a kid. I didn't really... I, I didn't own it. So I didn't play it for long. It was good times. Well, I look- distinctly remember a giant crang head that shoots lasers at you, know. <laughs> Well, before I do either wish you a happy birthday or ask you uh, when your actual birthday is. Good um, luck. Is there anything else that uh that I haven't covered that I haven't asked you that you want to uh that you want to big up and let us know? The, no, I mean ten listeners all, out there that are gonna be interested in this. All seriousness, I mean huge thanks to anybody who contributed to the Indiegogo thing. This is this is a brand new thing. Like, this is not something Web Standards has ever seen before. Like, a group of developers getting together and coming up with a standard, sure. A group of developers getting together, coming up with a standard and implementing it, that's that's crazy. That's brand new, you know? So thank you to everybody, anybody that's filed a bug, anybody that chipped in five bucks on the Indiegogo, anyone who's lurked in the IRC channel and told us we were crazy when we had an idea. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Go ahead, do and, the birthday thing. And, <laughs> Go ahead. And, 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 uh, and the th- thank you to you as well for, uh, for your hard work and filament groups and uh, all, all the people as, um, as part of that Ricky group as well that, that donate all their additional time uh, outside of work to, uh, to finally getting us to a position where we've got something which is going to work. So hooray for you guys. Nice. Thank you. Thank you from everyone. Uh, and so I suppose the last one is when is your actual birthday? I don't so this birthday thing I don't like birthdays because of my advanced age you know you don't like to be you don't like to think about the fact that you're aging so the internet got a hold of the fact that I never tell anyone my actual birthday because I like it to sneak quietly by and now they wish me happy birthday every third day (laughs) I am haunted by the specter of birthdays <laughs> constantly. And there, there's no escaping it now. There's nothing I can say. Anytime anyone I know on the internet has a birthday, people send them happy birthday tweets with me CC'd and also happy birthday to Wilco. <laughs> this is my life now. I am, by internet standards, I am 634 years old. <laughs> it's in like dog years. Yeah. It's, it's Matt Marquis years. Matt Marquis internet years. Without exaggeration, it's been my birthday at least 20 times since the start of the year. <laughs> and <laughs> it hasn't been that long. <laughs> so, yes. 
My real birthday is whenever you choose to believe it is, apparently. Hooray. <laughs> well, I must say, uh, thank you for joining us on your birthday today uh, <laughs> and taking time out. The cake is in the mail. Oh, good. Um, oh, I knew I didn't wear this party hat for nothing. <laughs> I'll, put, uh, I'll put all the links up in the show notes. Send those other ones through. We'll put hot tubs up there. Awesome. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for contributing uh, so many awesome articles to the newsletter as well. Uh, the Absolutely. interview series a couple of years back as well. That was fantastic. So thank you for all your hard work to, to help me as well. And Happy uh, to. hopefully we'll catch up at a, a conference coming up soon for a beer. Hopefully so. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Matt. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight. See you later. Cheers. <laughs>